Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Littman. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Sully Cast. Um, this is episode five. My name is Zisha Littman. I'm the host of this really cool show. And since we've launched the show, we've gotten tremendous amounts of feedback coming in from people all over the world who have had always had a very good interest in understanding what goes on behind the scenes of, in the Hot Sully world. And now they have the opportunity to listen to real volunteers giving over real experiences every single day. Um, this show is partially brought to you by Hatzala Beit Shemesh, the local Hatzala organization in Ramat Beit Shemesh, the only one of its kind in Israel to offer full EMS transport and with their own set of ambulances. It's a really cool organization. You can check them out at online at www.hatsbs.org. Um, and this week's episode, we're actually sitting down with another volunteer from that organization, but in a different capacity. We're sitting down with the lovely Dr. Yosef Topek, um, who is the head of the EFR unit. And for those of you who don't know what EFR is, it's emotional first response. And emotional first response is something that I find very fascinating um, in terms of the unit, what they do, and how they are super critical to the situation at hand. So I'm not going to talk about this because you don't want to hear it from me. You want to hear it from the doctor. So welcome to the show, Dr. Topek. How are you this morning? Um, and it's a lovely winter day we're having here in Bechamish, isn't it? Yes, thank you. I'm doing well, Baruch Hashem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to share um, to share with you about some of what it is that we do. Cool. Um, like I said, I'm happy to have you because when I found out, when I first found out about what the EFR unit is, I thought that was something very, very unique and very special. And from what I understand, not many organizations offer this type of, um, I don't want to call it a service, but like I'd say this type of um, care in addition to the standard EMS and the standard um, um, treatment that they would, that most people would get. So what is the EFR unit? What's the story behind it? And how did you get involved in it? Okay, so let me tell you a bit about the EFR unit and how it started and what it is that we do, um, et cetera. So how it started was, um, unfortunately, about, uh, I'd say, three or four years ago, there was a horrible accident that took place um, here in, in Ramapik Shemesh. There was, um, um, there was a bad car accident that, uh, sadly, Rahman Alitzlan took the life of a little boy. Um, in a very busy intersection here in Ramapik Shemesh. So at the time w- when this happened, Hatzala units from all Hatzalas that are in uh, Ramapik Shemesh, meaning Ichor Hatzala and Hatzala Bek Shemesh, were called into the scene over there. Um, I was called in because I also do some work with Ichor Hatzala in their psychotrauma unit because there was a lot of bystanders that watched what had taken place. Um, so at the time, the Hatzala Bek Shemesh units that were called in a lot of them witnessed what took place. And because of it, a lot of them had a very difficult time dealing with what they saw. For some of them, it was their first time seeing a call of the kind. Um, for some of them, it was just a very, it was a traumatic experience to, to be involved in. So I was, uh, you know, being friends with, with some of the Atzalabek Shemesh uh, members. I was called in after the fact they were having a debrief to discuss with their units who were present or anybody else that wanted to join to kind of just just to debrief and go through what it is that they experienced to make sure that they weren't holding on to anything, which, by the way, is something very important 
um, to do if you are involved in any uh, experience like this. So I was called in and, and at the time, you know, I sat through the debrief, I listened. And unfortunately, like I said, some of the, some of the units were really shaken up by it. And I had an opportunity to talk to some of them individually, to uh, go through with them, what it was they experienced and to, you know, to help guide in any way that I can uh, through, through that experience. So afterwards, I was pulled over by, by somebody from the VOD of Tzalabek Shemesh. And they said that throughout the day, they had received calls from other individuals, not Tzalabek Shemesh units, but people living in Beit Shemesh who had seen what had taken place. And the units were being called in because, uh, you know, one boy had locked himself in his bedroom because he experienced it and he saw it. And he approached me and said, we don't know what to do with these cases. We don't know what to do with these calls. How would you feel about getting together with some people and helping to guide us and to figure out what to do? So that was kind of how it was born. Um, and I got together with somebody else who's a dispatcher, ZC Maltz, who helps me and, and we lead the program together, uh, the unit together rather. And we discussed different ways and different ideas that we could have. Have how we could best serve the community was for to gather together a handful of mental health professionals. That means psychologists, social workers, therapists who could volunteer and who could kind of be on call when Atzalabek Shemesh receives calls of this type. And let me explain to you what I mean by this type. I don't mean psychotrauma calls. I don't mean calls of people who witness horrible events. I mean actual calls where somebody might call in and say, um, can you please send an ambulance? My daughter, my niece, my wife, my mother is having some form of a psychotic break. She's in her room uh, screaming at herself. She's threatening to jump out the window. Um, she's threatening to hurt somebody. She, um, my child is 15 and he's He's threatening to run away. He's threatening to be violent. So anything that does not have to do with only medical, our units are called in. So the first response, the first people that are called in are actual um, Hatsala Beit Shemesh units who also have gone through a training with myself and ZC to become EF, what we call EFR units. That's emotional first response units. So there's a handful of Atzala Beit Shemesh members who also are trained with a secondary training in emotional first response. So they'll be called in if it's a call that, that the dispatcher feels is going to have a piece of this, those units are sent to, to that call. If they get to the call and they say, this is, this is big, this is heavy, I need some backup, then they will call in what we call MHP which are our mental health professionals. And like I said, I believe right now we have six of those. Wow. And we get, we get a call that's sent out on our WhatsApp. And then, you know, is it uh, man, woman, English speaking, Hebrew speaking? And then we take it from there and we'll go to the scene. And once we get to the scene, we'll help to, you know, offer whatever it is that we can in our, in our limited capacity um, to help to either diffuse the situation, to help, uh, convince the the patient to get into the ambulance for transport and you know since since the formation of this unit we've had some some uh, vital and some very interesting calls that uh, we've all Baruch Hashem been able to go on and been able to to help out to the best of our abilities 
Oh, that's incredible. Um, I actually, I actually remember that incident that happened when the, when, when the boy got run over, it was the boy that got run over by the bus, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes. I remember that it was, it was a very traumatic incident because Mm -hmm. that, and the problem with that intersection, it's a terrible intersection. And, yeah. and it's not Frightening. the first, unfortunately, it's not the first time that something's happened over there. And, right. and, you know, I can imagine, I remember, I remember actually walking down over by there and I was like, what is going on? And the fact yeah. that you guys showed up and, but that was before this whole unit started. I think that's amazing that that was the cat, that that was the catalyst that started this whole unit. And yeah, that was before the unit started. It's, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure you, the amount of work, the amount of good and the amount of help you did to people who saw that, who had witnessed that incident definitely has been tremendous. Now, it, it, it seems very interesting what you do. You said there's a difference between the psychotrauma unit and the EFR unit. And right. the, the, what, are, what are some of the intrinsic differences? So that was you said you worked for question. both because you said you worked for, with both organizations. So I might yeah. as well ask the question. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a great question. Um, I'll tell you, and I, and I was going to, you know, I was going to, I was going to speak about this as well. When we first started the unit, Zizki and I sat down together um, with, uh, with Moshe Braun and a few other people at the time. And we were discussing what, where's the hole? What can we fill? You know, when, when something as uh, unfortunate as that bus accident takes place, do we need to send our EFR units, our mental health professionals? Or the, so the answer we came up with was no. Ichur already has a unit for that. They have their Chosen unit. They do a wonderful job, tremendous work, unbelievable. There, there's no hole there. That's already being filled. But where's the hole? The hole is when somebody gets a call. Um, you know, I, I don't want to divulge any information, so I'll come up with, uh, you know, with, with, with an example of a call I took, but we'll make it as generic as possible. When somebody gets a call that they're, um, that they're, you know, their young adult daughter is threatening to harm themselves and they can't get them to get into an ambulance uh, in some kind of psychotic break. They, you know, they think people are talking to them and telling them to do things, right? You can send a Hatsala unit there. They'll get there. And what are they going to do? Not much. They're, they're not trained and, and, and they're not. What they'll end up doing is they'll end up calling the police the police will come, they'll become aggressive, the whole situation will blow up into something that it, it may not have to be. And again, don't get me wrong, there are times when the mental health professionals arrive at the scene and we say, this ain't happening. You know, I've been here for, for an hour, we got to get the police involved. And sometimes that is the only way. I'm not saying that, you know, as a mental health professional, we come in and we have this these magic words that work. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not, it's not what it is. Um, but that's where the hole was. Right. Yeah. The whole one in, in cases like that, um, you know, uh, can you send a unit here? My son um, has a knife and he's threatening to hurt people and, and he's going to run away. Right. When something like that comes in, the first people we call are the police because safety is always of the utmost importance. Right. But if we can send either an emotional first responder and or a mental health professional along right. and get there with the police, then we can hopefully, you know, help to diffuse the situation so that the police don't have to become aggressive. Right. And kind of that's kind of the hole that we filled in again because Ichud will come in and do an amazing job after Chas Shalom, you know, there's there's a bomb. After Chas Shalom, yeah. there's a horrible 
traffic accident. They'll come in and they'll they'll help with the people that saw it. After you know, somebody wakes up and they find that you know their their you know I, I hate to even say it, but their child or their parent is 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 no longer living. They'll call Ichud in and they'll say, "Can you help? This person you know is going in a shock. We don't want them to go in a shock." So that's where Ichud Excel is called in. Mm-hmm. More, and more with the actual you know, the actual patient and actually what's happened. That being said, once we are there on the call, we'll help out and we'll check in, you know, right. if, if uh, you know, if, um, you know, my, my child is, is wielding a knife and threatening to hurt everybody, we get to the call and we find out that there's children upstairs locked in a room, then we'll go upstairs and knock on the door. Hey, is everybody okay? We'll do a check-in to make sure, you know, that's not to say that we're not going to check in on the on the post-trauma possibilities in the situation, but that's not really what our main our main focus is for for our unit. Wow. So that's like the main difference, I guess. No, so it seems like you're you guys are more involved in with in the in the in in the in the situation, and then yeah. then then the psychotrauma units, and you're more involved in the the emotional aspect, like you said, dealing with people who are unfortunately mentally unstable, or if there's something where there's something with issues with people, like you're, you're more involved in that. And it seems like you come and you calm down the situation and you, you make sure that everything gets under control. Um, right. And Direct patient contact. That that's incredible. And yeah, you, sure. are there any other Hatzel organizations in the world that, that do this as well? Or are you guys like one of the more unique ones? I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I, I don't know of any other. And I will tell you, actually, just this week, I had a call from somebody in Yerushalayim who said, I'm having an issue. I'm calling Magain David Adom. Uh, my child needs to be hospitalized. I heard that you run a unit in with Atzalavik Shemesh, and I don't want to get the police involved. Can you send somebody over to help? to get him into the ambulance and to escort him. Unfortunately, I, you know, I, yeah. I definitely could not do it as part of a Salavit Shemesh. You right. know, I spoke to them about the possibility of, you know, coming as, as a, you know, as a private concerned citizen. Um, right. It didn't work out in the end, but I know that, you know, no, nothing else that I know of exists. And I really think that, uh, you know, I think that Baruch Hashem, under the guidance of, you know, the Salavit Shemesh Vad and particularly Moshe Braun, you know, the work that he's allowing us to do and the um, the ability that he's giving myself and Zisi and everybody else involved, and the trust that he's putting into us, I think it's really you know I, I think that 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 we've been able to do tremendous things, Baruch Hashem, and that there's there's you know still a lot of room to do a lot more of of you know of this right. type of work. Right. I feel like there, there. I feel like what you guys are doing there definitely should be there. There definitely is a hole to fill with other organizations around the world, because unfortunately. Yep. Um, and, and I know in, in, in our communities, we don't, the mental health issue is a very taboo subject. And, you know, it's, you, you know, it, 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 and when you're dealing with, with people in this capacity and you don't, and you don't have the people, the right people to come out there and, and help them, it, it could turn into a really bad situation. I mean, like I heard a story over, over Shabbos, um, from somebody I know who volunteers with the Ehatzal organization. And we're talking about the emotional first response. And he said he heard once a story come out of, from an organization. He didn't say the name. 
and they came, they responded to a call about some a, a, a teenager who who was found hanging in his room, and they cut him they cut him down. They looked him loose, and and one of the volunteers looked at him and said, "You're such a baltitsa, you couldn't even kill yourself, right?" Oh my goodness! And I said, "You know, you don't want that." Yeah, no, you don't want that, and this is why your your type of unit is so important. Because when yeah. when you experience that trauma, when you experience that emotional distress, um, you know you need somebody to calm them down. You need somebody as a as a mediator to come and calm them down. Right. When I heard that story, I was just like, "Wow!" Like, really? yeah, it's awful. I mean, I will tell you uh, some of the other work that we do. Yeah. Um, is that we we we've had an opportunity to train all of the staff. Yeah. And to t- all of the staff about what we do and the importance of what we do. And kind of the hope is that, that even though the, all the units of Atzala Beit Shemesh are not trained to be emotional first responders, right. but work that we do will trickle down and we won't have a situation where a responder says something like that to a patient right. because, you know, that's just, the, yeah, it's very dangerous. I mean, it's not just, yeah, it's not just gross. How could you be, so horrible it's dangerous that's partially what it is it's just a very dangerous right you're um, you're, you're poking the bear right exactly um and and something else while we're discussing something else that we do and that that i i offer um is that not just our emotional first responders but any of our responders that had a difficult call that are having a difficult time with something related to their work with a celibate shemesh um i make myself available to talk to them um, I make myself available to meet with them, whether it's in my office, whether it's at the Beit Shemesh office, um, on the phone. You know, I wouldn't even call it a debrief because the Beit Shemesh, or Hashem, something else wonderful that they do is when there's a difficult call, and I'm not just talking about something that has to do with, with emotional first responders, any type of medical call that could be deemed difficult, they right. call for a debrief of everybody that was involved. Or if one of the responders feels that it was a difficult call, they themselves can call up, um, you know, I believe they normally get in touch with ZC and they'll say, you know, I had something difficult. Can we put together a debrief? And they'll yeah. do that. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for, you know, for us to get together. And it also, I'll say, you know, selfishly, it benefits me because I get to see more of the inner workings of what goes on because, right. um, you know, like I said, I kind of, I kind of dove in. Um, I wasn't involved at all. I'm not a, I'm not a, a dispatcher. I was nothing. So I had to learn the ropes as to like, what does it mean when you say this code? What does that mean? What, you know, a dispatcher, what's a dispatcher call goes out. And I didn't, you know, I came in not knowing anything, wow. um, but I was accepted and really, you know, things were explained to me and um, it's just, you know, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and a cover to work with such an organization that recognizes the need for such type of care um, because like you said, not every organization, even the helping organizations who are involved with helping people, right. who are involved in cutting down that rope, right. they, they, don't have, they don't have the, I don't even want to say sensitivity because they weren't trained in it. And I, no. I don't necessarily blame them, but I think that Baruch Hashem at Celebrate Shemesh does an amazing job at really, you know, expanding what it is, the services that they offer and, and allowing us to be, to be part of them is really, you know, not just for the community, but for, for us as volunteers, it's tremendous bracha, really. No, well, that's what I find. I think it's very, it's, it's really amazing and, and groundbreaking work because like I said before, in, in the, in our communities, mental health is a very, very unfortunate taboo subject. 
And to be able to be out there and open about, yes, people have mental health issues. People have, have people in our communities, whether it's in Beit Shemesh or Jerusalem or New York or Detroit or wherever, people from Yidden suffer from mental health issues. And the fact that you have somebody familiar to you, coming to you, helping you, calming you down and speaking your language, it, whether it's Hebrew or English, Yiddish, Lomashana, you know what, it, it's, it, it's a very, very good thing to be a part of because not only are you doing so much good, but you're also open, you're also showing people that this does not have to be such a taboo subject. This doesn't have to be such a hush-hush situation. And I've always right. wondered that, like, why is that? Like, like, as I mean, in your profession, I'm sure you, you deal with this a lot. So I, might, I, I, I always wonder that, like, why? It's a great question. Um, I agree with you, it shouldn't be, obviously. Um, <laughs> That, you know, it's it's a very private matter because when you when somebody has a mental health issue, it's not something that they wear on their sleeve. It's not something that they just they just wear out there. I will share with you an anecdote that I heard and I'm going to I'm going to quote it. It was several years ago. Um, when I say several years ago, I mean, probably 15, maybe more years ago. I was uh, in Chicago, at the Chicago Community Call, and Shmuel Kamenetsky was doing a question and answer. And at the time, this was right when, when mental health and therapy was really in the Jewish community just coming out to be something accepted. The, the Jewish Observer had just done like a big article on it, and people were just learning about it. And somebody said to Rav Shmuel, um, one of the questions was, when I'm looking over a resume for a shidduch, if I see that the, the man or the woman has gone to a psychologist, do I need to be concerned? Should I stay away from that? So Shmuel's response, which I thought was awesome, and I quote it all the time, was, I need to check with my therapist. I'll let you know. In other <laughs> words, like, <laughs> totally not. And then he went on and he said, if you see that they've never seen a therapist, I'd be more concerned than if they are. Obviously, you know, he was exaggerating, but I think it was his way of saying this needs to be something that's accepted. This is not taboo. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. I mean, and I'll tell you the work I do with Atzala Beit Shemesh, even if, you know, sadly we know, you know, those of us who live in Ramat Beit Shemesh can walk around, you know, whether it's a Friday night or any night and we can see what, you know, what the Sivuv Dolev looks like or what Ayalon Park, or there's the areas. Uh-huh. And, and people familiar with it know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the teenagers that are hanging out. Um, and, and we also get calls about runaways. We get calls about, you know, my 15-year-old ran away. Um, you know, I've had a knock at my door as somebody who's in the community and a psychologist in the community who does private work also with teenagers and yeshiva guys. Um, you know, I've had a knock on my door from teenagers who, who knock on my door and say, you know, Dr. Tobek Yosef, I need to talk. I, I, I can't be in my house. I, I got to get out of there. And I say, well, do your parents know? No, I didn't tell them. You know, they're going to call at Salah. I don't care. Let them call at Salah. I said, when they call at Salah, Salah's going to call me. So I'm going to be involved <laughs> either way. Let's go ahead and call your parents. My point of saying this is that right. is that we're used for stuff like that to, again, diffuse the situation. Help me find my child. Okay, we found the child. What do I do? He won't come into the house. Help me. What do I do? And we're not, we're not there for long-term help. We're not. Right. We're not being hired or volunteering to be the private therapist for, you know, the parents who are going through this or the child or the, or the, the adult who's, who's, you know, who's having mental health issues and needs to be transported to the hospital. We're there right now 
to help diffuse it, to help make sure everything is safe, to help make sure that everybody knows what the next step is, and then we step out of it. And right. that's really all we're for. And that, that's important for us to remind ourselves because as somebody who's used to kind of following up and staying with my clients and staying with my patients, right. I need to remind myself. And, and I've been reminded by the, you know, by that Celebate Chemist units who have much more experience than me. You know, if I'm in there chatting and, and talking to the parent who says, I don't want my child to go to the hospital. And I say, okay, well, let's talk about what I have to be reminded like, Yosef, no, we got to get this person out and to the hospital. Right. And I got to remind myself, that's right. That's what I'm here for. And right. to put on my chemistry hat rather than my, my, my therapist hat. But uh, yeah, it's wow. incredible. What are some, do you have any, any interesting stories? I mean, how long have you been, you've been doing this with them for three years, but how long have you been involved in this type of work? Um, so I've been involved, you're talking about as like a psychologist. Yeah. Um, so I've been practicing for close to 14 years now. Um, wow. I like to say I, f- I spent the first six years in prison. Uh, uh, you were in jail? No, I was a psychologist in prison in, in Texas, actually. I worked for the juvenile probation department in, in Houston, Texas, before making Aliyah. And that was wild. I mean, it was just, it, it was, uh, sure. yeah, as, they, as, as they say, it was a trip. I mean, it was really, you know, the stories I have from there. But I'll tell you, you know, Working for the Jewish community, it can, it can be more difficult um, than even working in the prison. While, you know, part of my issue has always been taking things home right. and taking my work home. Um, and, and I did have that issue. Don't get me wrong. When I worked in the prison, it was hard. It was hard to, you know, be dealing with, you know, the, the awful things that people are, are, you know, are in jail for. And then to go home and to either, you know, to go home and to be a parent, to go home and to be a chavrusa, to go home and to, to get myself, you know, immersed in that. But when you're dealing with, uh, and this for sure with Atzalabay Chemesh, this, this hits me, to be dealing with a yid, to be dealing with a brother, to be dealing with a sister, it's really hard. And, and you have to separate yourself. And, you know, when I said that we offer an opportunity for our units to do a debrief, after they receive a difficult call, it's very important for us as well. It's very important for our own mental health professional units to be able to stop after a call, to be able to, to take a step back, to be able to separate ourselves. Um, you know, ZC shared with me, and I'm not going to share it, share it. Um, it's hers to share, but experiences that she's had where she's had to really literally separated herself. And this is my Hasala Beit Shemesh. And this wow. is who I, and I've had experiences also where I walk in into a house and I see the disarray and, uh, you know, I see the dysfunction and it's not like, oh, they're over there and I'm over here. Like these are, these are, these are my brothers. These are my sisters. This is my wow. family. And, you know, and, and, and it's difficult and it's hard. It really wow. is. That, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice and a lot of patience and like a lot of like strength to be able to pull yourself yeah. from, from both ways. I mean, it, it's interesting that you said that you, that you worked in the prison and dealing with the, with, with the Jewish community is much more difficult than dealing with prison. And yeah. I find that very interesting. Now, what are, you have any, any crazy stories that you've dealt with over the years dealing with this in the FR unit or like, um, I, mean, I mean, you probably can't say, but. Right. It's, it's hard to say, like, right. you know, the, I'll say crazy. I don't know if, if that's like, 
you know, that's, I guess, like the layman's term, like right. we get in trouble for saying crazy, but difficult yeah, situation. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, I wish I could, I wish at the top of my head, I could think of like something that was like really cool to share with, uh, <laughs> to share with everybody over here. But I, I will say not obviously, but the most difficult situations are the, are the attempted suicides. It's very hard to see um, and to be with somebody who's, you know, we can't imagine the pain that that, that that is. And, and sadly it's, it's, it happens and it's there and it's painful. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the situations, you know, I don't want to say funny, but like, you know, we'll get a call about, about like a runaway, you know, and we'll get to the house and we'll be dealing, talking with the parents and, and, you know, helping them to kind of process what's going on. And then, you know, it turns out that the kid was in the basement the whole time, like under the bed. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of like the best case scenario right. is when it's, oh, did you check upstairs? Oh, wait, really? Uh, oh, okay. Um, we, we have a great picture of, I think it was a Friday afternoon. And some of our units were called into a house. This was a medical call um, to take, I believe it was to take a woman to the hospital and the husband went with and they left home children. So we have this picture of our Atzalabek Shemesh units sitting with their vests and their gear and babysitting these kids on a Friday afternoon until the aunt could come and arrive. So that just kind of touches upon like all the different pieces of like what it takes to be Atzalabek Shemesh. We like to joke around that like, yeah, you have to be trained in babysitting as well to be able to uh, to do this team. Um, but really to answer funny. your question, it's just like, you know, it's really, it's really a vast, you know, we really get calls about a lot of different things. And our units are really expected to be creative. I know that on uh, one Shabbos afternoon, somebody was called in, was called into a house to speak with somebody, a woman who needed to be transported, and they couldn't get her out of bed. So what did the unit do? Like, what would you do if someone's in bed and they're facing the wall? So she got, she went over and got into the bed, not into the bed, into the bed, but like lie down next to the person so they could make eye contact. There was obviously enough space right. that it was nothing inappropriate, right. but you know, we have to be creative. We really have to like think outside of the box sometimes. Right. What can we do to diffuse it? What can we do to make sure that the police don't have to come in here and physically get this person out of the house? So that's my next question to you. You mentioned something about a Shabbos call. Where do you guys fit in in terms of Pekuch Nefesh Docha Shabbos in terms of um, going out on these calls? Since, you, I mean, yes, you are you are necessary. You are, it, it is potentially Pekuch Nefesh. But in terms of like the the, the other volunteers, the EMS volunteers, they, they, there's there's that ability to go do that. So where do you guys fit right. in in terms of, of Shabbos and, and Pekuch Nefesh? It's a great question. It's a great question. So, for example, with Ichur Salah, um, there's no Pikuach Nefesh at all. Meaning not Ichur, I'm sorry, with Chosen, with the Chosen unit. Right. Dealing with psychotrauma, you know, it, it's very important work, don't get me wrong, but that can be Docha Shabbos. But our unit, we've asked Shilism, we've, we've, you know, we've been advised that it is. It is Pikuach Nefesh. If somebody has shown is threatening suicide, if somebody is having some kind of mental health break, yeah, we don't we don't know what that means. You know, we don't know what that's going to look like. What's that going to cause? So we view that as something that is just as dangerous as a heart attack. So what we do with our unit, with our mental health professionals, 
is somebody different is on call every Shabbos and we'll carry our phone with us and we'll know if it rings and it's the number of the dispatcher that we answer the phone and we will get in our car using all the grammas that, you know, we've been advised by our own personal Rav or by Atal Beit Shemesh, whatever it is they've taught us, and we will go to the scene um, even on Shabbos. But, uh, but because, it, you know, it, it is Pekuach Nefesh. It really is. It's really, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's life or death that we're talking about. Wow. That, that is really fascinating, you know, because I've, I've always wondered that in terms of what you guys do, um, how, how do you, how do you, how do you go about that? But I guess you answered the question very, very nicely. Yeah. And why, and so you're saying, but the psychotrauma is not something that is, is subject to be Dokha the Shabbos, just right. because they, it's not a necessity. Like it, it doesn't happen all the time. Right. I, 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 it's not just, that, right. It's not necessarily, somebody's not necessarily going to go into shock. And even if somebody goes into, into some kind of psycho, you know, psychosomatic or not psychosomatic, but a, a, a traumatic, you know, they see a traumatic event and they go, you know, and they go into some kind of, you know, post-traumatic stress or something like that. Um, number one, it, it, it can, while it's better to deal with it in the, in, in the now, it is something that can be dealt with later. And, and it's not something that is definitely going to lead to, you know, to, a, to, to harm, to, to somebody harming themselves. Whereas again, ours isn't either definitely something. Right. But when we look at mental health and we talk about mental health and we say mental health is the same thing as physical health, you know, sure. 100%. When, when somebody has a, 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 you know, a depressive disorder, you know, I will say, you know, to somebody that's really no different than having a, 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 a physical illness. Yes, 100%. it's meant, but it's so when we look at it through those lenses, we're looking at the work that we do as, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of work that is Dr. Shabbos. No, hundred percent. Wow. You know, I, I really learned a lot and I, I am, I'm sure, I'm sure our subscribers and our listeners are, have really learned a lot into this because like I said, you got, you're really like the, you're like a one of a kind unit and there's not many people out there. And I hope that anybody who listens to this is part of another hotel organization can get some inspiration from this and potentially go out there and start, their own EFR unit. I mean, what mm-hmm. would it take for other organizations to, to do something like this? Um, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm personally, I'm happy to, to talk to, if anyone else out there is listening, you know, with other organizations, I'm happy to talk to you, you know, to talk to you about it. I think what it takes is to have, um, you know, to have committed people, to have willing volunteers, because while I'm sitting here speaking, I am in no way you know, running this unit on my own. I am in no way going on the calls on my own. We have amazing, amazing volunteers. And I'm not just talking about the EFR units with the Celebrate Shemesh. I'm talking about the MHPs. I'm talking about, you know, seasoned, you know, psychologists and therapists who have, you know, clients who are, you know, they're turning away because they're overbooked. These people are taking time out of their, whether it's their schedules, their lives, their family to go on these calls and to help out these people to volunteer. I mean, you know, we can be on a call and, and it's not just going for five minutes. Right. We can be in this house for several hours. Then we can transport them to the hospital, which is another several hours, you know, and not to take away from the amazing work that Celebrate Jewish volunteers do. That's a different subject. I'm talking right now about our mental health professionals and the work that they do. 
I think that's what you need. You need to ensure that you have volunteers who are committed. And that doesn't just mean raising your hand and saying, yeah, I'll be on the unit. Like, no, being on the unit means showing up. It means volunteering. It means when a call comes out that you're able to take it. Um, and that's something that's very important. And I would say that all of our current volunteers in the MHP unit, in the mental health professional units, step up to it. When a call goes out, if it's the middle of the night, if it's a shot this afternoon, if it's whatever, we have people that are willing and able to volunteer to go out there, to get in the field, to help out, to do what they can. So that's really what's needed. You need people who are going to be able to give up themselves in order to have this. Well, so that basically answered my other question is that, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in either joining a hot solo organization or starting uh, at adding this, this type of unit to their existing organization? But I guess so you can answer the question. I, I would also say, take it easy, take it slow. Don't okay. jump right in. Because like I said, I didn't know anything about, about the way that, you know, Hatsala works. I didn't know anything about any calls and, and ambulances and transports. Like there's a language. Right. Um, and we had to be, and we, we when we go into a call, we kind of look at the, the Hatsala Beit Shemesh member to guide us in those aspects right. and to understand it. So my advice would be, number one, to take it slow. Um, number two, well, number one, do it. It's important work. Right. If your community, your community does need it, I don't want to say if your community needs it, your community needs it. If you have the volunteers, do it. Right. Take it slow, take it easy. Um, and, you know, like I said, look me up. I'm here. And I know that our other mental health professionals, I don't want to speak for them, but I'm sure, you know, we're all here to advise and to help out anybody who's interested in creating such a thing because uh, we've so, seen over the last few years that it's, it's beneficial. Amazing. Well, Dr. Yosef, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure. I learned thank a lot from you. And and what I'll do is I'll go ahead, if, if you're okay with it, I'll leave your contact information in the show notes for anybody Absolutely. who's listening, who's interested in for getting sure. in touch with you about starting Absolutely. an EFR unit in their hot cell organization. And, you know, we should totally. all hear good things. And all thank right. you so much for coming on the show. You got it. WhatsApp is the best. You've just listened to another great episode of the Hot Solo Cast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show on all major podcasting platforms. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hot Solo Cast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hot Solo organization. Stay safe and stay tuned.